Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Your co-host here today, Justin Knott. Thanks again for listening, as always. And I am really excited about the special guest that I have today talking about one of his lifelong focuses and work on the topic of leadership is actually my dad, Dr. Jimmy Knott. So, Dad, introduce yourself. Tell everybody, the listeners, kind of a little bit about your background uh, as it involves the kind of the topic of leadership today. Okay. Well, I uh, I grew up in a small uh, town in west in northwest Tennessee. My dad was in the military. Mom was a nurse, and it just seemed like early on when I got into high school, I was president of my freshman class and junior class, president of the student body. That I just kept finding myself uh, in leadership uh, positions. Uh, headed to college, got an engineering degree, went to work as an engineer, and was immediately placed into a group leader in a place of responsibility. But through that whole experience uh, as well, frankly, uh, uh, had some real spiritual renewal in my own personal journey. I didn't grow up in a home of believers, you might say. And uh, I felt like a, a call from God into vocational ministry, uh, which is different than you might say marketplace from the standpoint is uh, all the people, almost all the people that I get to leave are volunteers. And that's a whole yeah, different world. True. Yeah, that's a whole different world than paying people to follow yeah, you. You have to truly motivate them. <laughs> you have to truly uh, find out ways to motivate people. But uh, uh, so I've spent uh, uh, more than 40 years in uh, vocational ministry, uh, much of that, and and uh, finding and developing and coaching and mentoring and motivating uh, men and women to, to lead and to impact others. So it was through, I guess, through all those years of experience uh, that I began to see increasingly uh, the importance of leadership. Uh, hence, as you know, one of my mantras is it's all about leadership. When you think about what's it's, when you say it's all about leadership, well, if you stop and think, uh, everything is touched by leadership. Uh, everything rises and falls on good leadership. Bad leadership uh, uh, usually leads to bad places, whereas good and effective leadership usually leads to, to improvement and better uh, places. So I've just developed over the years a love for, uh, for leadership and uh, developing myself as a leader and helping others to develop themselves as leaders as well. And I would, I, and I really would, I, obviously I'm biased, but consider you, you one of the foremost experts. I mean, you just spent, as you mentioned, you just retired after 40 plus years in a, a very large church. And uh, this has been really one of your life works. I mean, I know you read almost a book every single week on it. You've written literally books on it. And so I think for the listeners, there really isn't somebody uh, a better to talk on the topic. And I think with that said, you mentioned it, but to get started, what do you think, because I think it's an important thing to, to consider when we talk about leadership, what do you think the role of leadership, and when we say leadership, I mean, we can talk about the government, but more of the, the term leadership, what do you think the state of it is in the country today as it comes to people who are in leadership or are leaders? Well, Justin, I don't know that I could uh, give uh, uh, descriptive terms that are, that are very positive, unfortunately. I think for the most part, Sadly, if you look across all the venues in our society, uh, whether it's, uh, uh, whether it's uh, uh, education, whether it's in the marketplace, uh, whether it's uh, in, uh, in my world, the, the church world, whether it's in government, uh, just about anywhere you look, there are just not many good role models in terms of leadership, uh, which, is, which, is, which is sad in an information age. 
I think if we could go back in time, which is hard to do, so many of us don't know much of, I guess you could say, of American history. But if you go back into you know the 1700s when uh, America was uh, constituting into its own identity, uh, you go back and you look at some of the founding fathers and founding mothers, as it were, and there were uh, uh, just a lot of great leaders in a, in a small population, to be very honest with you. And now we sit here, uh, you know, uh, 250 years later uh, with a, a population that's, uh, you know, enormous. And you would think that with the uh, improvement of the educational world and technology world, that leaders, that, that we would have more leaders than ever and the leaders would be better than ever. Uh, but that's not true at all. Mm-hmm. I think there are a lot of reasons for that. We probably don't have time to, do, to, uh, to discuss here. But I've asked uh, college classes, I've asked master classes, doctoral classes, I've asked uh, over and over again, I've asked this, asked this, this question, uh, how would you describe the general condition of leadership in our country? And, uh, and, and my feelings are, are, are commonly shared by everyone else. Uh, words like, uh, how would you describe it? Self-serving. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, how would you describe it? Uh, corrupt. How would you describe it? Uh, controlling. How would you uh, dis- uh, describe it? Selfish. I mean, I could just just not many many words uh, that would be very very positive, and uh, and it's eroded, uh, you know, over the past two hundred fifty years of our country, and and I think it's uh, probably one of the reasons that there's uh, so much uh, divisiveness. One of the things that a great leader does is they bring people mm-hmm. together. Yep, uh, that's very and, true. Uh, uh, it takes a it takes a uh, uh, it takes a good leader to bring diverse people together. But it can happen, and it does happen in some places. We hear an awful lot. I mean, media is driven by negativism. Yep, that's very true. And uh, because of that, we we hear about leaders who fail all the time. Uh, They're under a microscope. But we never hear about the hundreds, if not thousands, of leaders in homes, in small businesses, in churches, in education that just every day show up to do the job that they've been employed and hired to do and to do that well, impacting the lives of others, making a difference in the lives of others and moving a vision forward. So everyone on the end wins. I know that's happening because I'm a student of leadership. It's just that we don't ever hear anything about it because the media is driven by negative negativity because that's what sells and that's what get viewers and, and, and readers. So yeah, uh, the answer true. to your question is uh, I'm, I'm not very optimistic about where leadership is. Yeah. And to your point, I mean, it's not a very exciting story that uh, this guy is doing a really good job and, and there's nothing to report here kind of thing, unless it's astronomical bro- growth that's generally all driven by wealth. I mean, because they've gotten like, like, Benzos or those types of people, they've gotten such an, a monster accumulation of wealth that it's hard to ignore. And so, yeah, most of the people that are just doing a, a good day in and day out uh, type of job get overlooked. As, so with that, what do you think uh, that you should look for? What do you usually look for in a leader that is worth following from a character trait standpoint? Well, that's a great, uh, great uh, uh, question. Uh, I would probably uh, ask uh, the listeners uh, uh, first to think about this question. Look back in your journey and think of the men and women. Uh, go back as far as you can, whether it's parents or grandparents, teachers, coaches, uh, administrators, friends, uh, all the way to today. And, and your life, 
has been uh, dotted by men and women that that influenced your life and in many ways framed you into the person and the leader that you are today. So with that context, if I were to ask you, what was it about those men and women that opened your life up to them to let them into your life to have influence and to impact? What was it about them that you wanted them to touch your life? And uh, uh, I would hear things like, uh, they cared for me, they loved me, they wanted the best for me, they helped me to grow, they helped me to develop, they were there, they were there for me, they helped me determine a direction in my life, they supported me just about in any way, they were willing to uh, believe in me and to invest in me. And all of our lives uh, to this point are because of the people who behind us who did that for us. So it, then what's, what is it that we're looking for in men and women who are great leaders, difference maker leaders, but at the same time are the people that we willingly want to follow? You see, when you're in, a, when you're in an organization, there's always, a, there's always an organizational chart, okay? He's got boxes, okay? You got people in different boxes. The higher you box, the more people uh, you're responsible for generally. And that's a, can be a very unhealthy uh, matrix, as, as it were. But it's not about following people because of where they are in the organization. See, we should want people to uh, follow us. We should want people to open their lives and let us influence their lives, not because they have to, because that's what the organization says, and they'll be disciplined if they don't, or they'll lose their job if they don't. We want people to let us influence them. We want people to follow us, not because they have to, because they want to. So that raises the question that what creates that want to and another individual out there to say, you know what, I, 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 I want that person to invest in my life. I want that person to influence uh, me and my journey. And uh, uh, many years ago, Justin, I, I, I found a, uh, I, I found a, uh, a verse that I would call my leadership verse in life. It was uh, Psalm 78, 72, and David shepherded them with integrity of heart. With skillful hands, he led them. And uh, I don't know what our listeners know about the Bible, but most folks know something about uh, 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 the, the king and the commander of David from the Bible. Okay. He was a great leader. Okay. He had tremendous failures and tremendous successes, but he was a great leader. And this is uh, what Psalm 78, 72 says about him. But what's interesting is though David wrote many of the Psalms, he didn't write that one. This was written by a gentleman by the name of Asaph. So this is not what David is saying about himself. This is what someone observed about David's life and leadership, that he had, had integrity of heart and was skillful land. He led them. Okay. And that last race, he led them just really intrigued me many years ago. What was it about David that caused him to surface and to be a leader that people willingly wanted to follow? Well, if you look at the verse, it says that he shepherded them. He shepherded them with integrity of heart and with skillful hands. Well, duh, there it is. Integrity of heart is the core of what leadership in life is all about. And that's not what you do. It's not what you make. It's not what you own, but it's who you are. It's your character. It's your, it's your 
core. It's it's who you are and what you would do if you could do anything you wanted to do and there wouldn't be any consequences. That reveals your true character. And character, uh, leadership that is, I, I think, leadership uh, that is leadership at the highest is leadership that is character-driven, character-driven. It's driven from the inside, as it were, out. And it shows itself outwardly, obviously, in your attitudes and in your behaviors as well. But uh, that's the most important component, I think, in leadership, that integrity of heart. All of us are familiar with uh, what in, uh, integrity is, uh, is a mathematical term uh, for, uh, may remember uh, for, uh, from the math world, uh, a whole number. Well, Character that has integrity is whole. It's not compartmentalized. It's not fragmented. It's whole. It's complete. What you see is what you get, wherever they are, whoever they're with, and whatever they're doing. They are the. Uh, they are the, the. They are the real deal, you might say, and uh, that's the kind of character that you that, that builds trust. One of the most important things, leadership is ultimately earned through the currency of trust. And trust is first established when the person on the other end that I may follow, can I trust them? And that is a character issue. So integrity of heart. And then it says with skillful hands, skillful hands. Uh, To me, that's all about uh, uh, competency, finding out what you do best uh, what you enjoy doing and doing that most of the time. Exceptional competence is uh, is knowing what to do, which is usually a combination of uh, education experience and and then how to do it, and then having, as it were, the uh, the uh, the fortitude and the work ethic just simply to get it done. But I think a lot of times uh, uh, we try to be so good at so many things that we never become great at anything. What we need to do is we grow and evolve in life. And most of your listeners are going to be mature and aging adults. And I know that. Okay, They should have figured out by now the three or four things that they're exceptionally competent in. And, and then they should spend by this time in their journey as much time as possible doing those and handing off, as it were, the other skills and responsibilities uh, to others. We live in a world that that talent and skill is almost worshipped, whether it's sports world or the art world or the academic world, and it is important. Okay, but you can have all the exceptional competency in, competency in the world. But I go back to the first component. But if that character is not there to support it, it's ultimately going to do more damage than good. All of us could stop and think about folks we either knew or folks that we heard about on the internet or folks we saw in the news that were great leaders and highly skilled and highly competent. Uh, but now they're in prison. Or now they're you know because their character failed. Mm -hmm. So those components are integrity of heart, character, skillful hands, that's competency, and he's shepherd of them. And that's real easy, Justin. That's just simply about uh, connecting with people, caring for people. And it's in the context. You may remember David was a shepherd boy. And uh, uh, shepherd are uh, stupid animals. (laughs) Much like uh, like people. They stink. uh, They need a lot of time and attention. Well, good leaders shepherd their people, starting with their families, of course, I think, and then and with whatever men and women that have been entrusted to them in their in, in their business world and in their in their venue. Uh, leadership is ultimately about building relationships with those people to help them accomplish the vision and the mission that you have been given. It's not about uh, necessarily you telling them what to do as much as it is about helping them to do what they need to do to see the vision become a reality. So really, in a nutshell, it's about character and competency and connecting 
uh, with uh, people. And I think uh, that, that last one people struggle with a lot because uh, to connect with people, uh, they have to trust you. And to trust you, they really have to feel like they know you. And to know you means you've got to be willing to be vulnerable and transparent with mm-hmm. who you are. Yep. And uh, in, a, in, a, in a gated community world and in a social media world, uh, it becomes very easy to hide out and not be transparent and vulnerable, which makes knowledge of you difficult, which makes trust in you difficult, yep. which makes the willingness to influence you even more. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. And I think even at the beginning, uh, you listed all of these things that you often hear about leaders and what's interesting. And you mentioned it then again, kind of right there at the end is uh, it's all the good leaders invested in you. So it was servant leadership, so to speak, that they really were focused more about others than like you mentioned at the, the beginning is the state of leadership. Um, and a lot of it is self-serving and I think it goes back to one of the other points because of what is a good leader or what do we hold up as a good leader in society? And again, a lot of it, I think, goes back to monetary value and this assumption that if they've built X or they're worth Y, that they're a, a natural born leader. And I think a lot of that oftentimes is built out of just pure talent that they have and less about the actual skill of leadership because more than often than not, you find out that they don't have character. Most people hated working for them the whole entire time. Yep. They just either had their priorities in the wrong place, so they were willing to put up with it, um, or or whatever the case may be. But I mean, even Steve Jobs. I mean, I've watched a ton of stuff on him, and I'm in awe by the pure skill set that the guy was given at birth. I mean, he was brilliant, but he was also sounds like he was an absolute tyrant to work for. And so nobody enjoyed it. And the legacy that he left was something that we have in our pocket, but not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And so I think that that's, that's a really important thing to, to consider. Uh, well, let me what, jump in, uh, Justin. One, uh, one other thing I think is important. I think most leaders have it wrong. They think leadership is first directional. Directional from the sense you get vision, it's command, it's control, it's, it's result-oriented, it's profit-oriented, and, and, it, and, and that's important, okay? But what leaders fail to realize that leadership, though it is directional, it is first relational, first relational. Okay, you can't get there alone. You've got 100%. to have people around you. It might not necessarily even work for you, but around you. And you've got to build uh, uh, relational connections with, uh, with people so they will willingly want to help you to get there. Leadership that really adds value to the lives of the people around you is around them is, is really the leadership that makes a bigger difference. And I think when you have good leadership in place, And I just think even the ones that think that they're good leaders and they're really not don't realize how underperforming the people that are working for them are because they're not willing to go the extra mile. They're not willing to learn more. They're not willing to, to, to do the extra things or invest the extra time in themselves or in whatever it is they're working on. All of the things that end up increasing productivity, increasing all the stuff around you really starts with being a good leader. And if it's all, like you said, task oriented and not relationship built and with what you define as a leader is just X's and O's getting stuff done. I think it's when you probably look at the comparison, I'm sure you've seen it over the years, a really good leader with the same team and a guy who just 
or gal who just gets stuff accomplished uh, from an X's and O's standpoint, the team with the good leader is always going to get so much more out of their team. That's so true. You know, every year the Gallup organization was just uh, some of the finest uh, data uh, and, 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 and research. Uh, they do research on engagement in the marketplace. How engaged are the workers that go to work every day? And they've done this for years. And that number has has not moved more than one or two percentage points for the last 15 to 20 years. And only about 30 percent of the American workforce is engaged at work. When I say engaged, they love what they do. They look forward to going to their job. They look forward to growing in their job. They look forward to making a difference in their job. They look forward to having time with the people that they enjoy work with. They look forward to make a difference in a contribution to society. They are they're not just showing up. Okay, they're in they're not just involved, they're engaged. There is an emotional element to that. Well, if that's true of 30%, then that means there's close to 70% that are not engaged, that are in the workforce, wherever they are, whatever whatever field that they're in. Can you imagine what would happen in terms of fulfillment and productivity of the folks who are listening that are leaders? If because uh, I'll guarantee you they think they're different, but they aren't. About thirty yeah. percent yeah. of the people because you can't be if the number is that exactly. low. Exactly, you just can't be. So, if only thirty percent of the people that you're paying are engaged, okay, just think how much more productive that you would be if you got that percentage up. And one of the best ways to get that percentage up as as the leader, okay, is to with your character, with your competency, and 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 uh, with your uh, shepherding them. See, Justin, it, it really boils down. I keep going back to this. People have three questions. Do you care for me? Can you help me? And can I trust you? Okay. If, you, if the answer on the other end of those questions are all yes, okay, they'll follow you anywhere. Yeah, that's a great point. That's really great. So before we, we wrap up, two, two things is first, in a sentence or two, what would be your number one piece of advice for somebody that's listening today that is sitting in a role of leadership um, right now uh, with kind of all of your years of experience? What is, what is one piece that you think is one of the most important that they need to keep in mind or, or be aware of uh, in, in their role of leadership? Well, this could be a little bit of a surprise, but uh, uh, who is the hardest person to lead? It's a great question. Who is the hardest person to lead? And I believe for many years, look in the mirror. Self-leadership is the most difficult leadership. And my piece of advice would be do everything you can within your power. And you can do everything you can because you have the power. We're talking about you. You control your own destiny. And, and that is lead yourself well. Because self-leadership will open the door for others' leadership. Because if you don't do that, ask yourself this question. Why should others allow me to influence their life? Why should others follow me and let me lead them? If when they look at me, they see that I can't even lead myself in some areas. So my piece of advice is, for those of you who are listening, just be sure that you start, as it were, with yourself and that you are leading yourself well, you know, in your own life, in your own journey. 
Yeah, so that's a great word of advice. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Before we wrap, anybody out there, we mentioned a couple books, but anybody that wants to connect with you or, or learn a little bit more because you have a podcast, you speak a lot. Like I mentioned, you've got books. Um, how, how can people get a hold of you? Justin, the best way to get a hold is to Jimmy at JimmyNot.com. Jimmy at JimmyNot.com. Folks can get me there. And again, the book, as you mentioned, one of the books is entitled It's All About Leadership, and it's available on Amazon. Yeah, also, you can go to JimmyNot.com. That's the same last name as me, K-N-O-T-T.com. And you can find that book as well as others. And like we mentioned, you've got a podcast. You've got a very active YouTube. You create tons of video content. Uh, so go, everybody, I hope everybody will take uh, some time to go check out his stuff. And uh, thanks again for coming on and sharing your 40 plus years of wisdom uh, with our audience. It's really great having you on and getting to uh, talk shop, so to speak. Yeah. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you for listening to today's latest episode of the Patient Convert Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform. We are on Apple, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify, or you can sign up to receive the latest episode via email. Just check it out on my agency website or my personal website. And if you are looking for more amazing healthcare marketing information or just to engage, check us out at entropy.com. And for any of my amazing physician liaisons out there interested in growing their physician referrals or learning the strategies that it takes to build highly engaged physician referral networks. Check out my website, kellynott.com, where I have free webinars, free downloads, and of course, my online physician liaison training course, Physician Liaison University. And as always, I'm a huge believer in connecting, engaging, and supporting one another. And the best way we can do that is networking. And I always, always connect with you guys on social media. And one of my biggest social media platforms is LinkedIn. So feel free to connect with me there on LinkedIn or Instagram or Twitter at Kelly Knott. And thank you guys again for listening to the Patient Convert Podcast with your host, Kelly Knott.